Welcome to the SOS Church Stockholm podcast. We are an international church in the heart of Stockholm that meets every Sunday at 12 p.m. at Drottninggatan 81. The celebration is in English with translation into Swedish, Farsi and Spanish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. My name is Christopher. I'm pastor here in the church. And I've been looking forward so much to preach for you today because I have a word that I think will inspire you. And not just inspire you, but it actually have the potential to change you. Because the, the words from the Bible, it's been tested for 2,000 years. And it's more than just stories. It is life. And it has the potential to transform your life as it's been transforming my life. But before I start to preach for you, I just want to see who's here for the first time. Can you just wave to me? Yes, a lot of, a lot of new people. Wonderful. Welcome. Extra warm welcome everyone that is here for the first time. Your guest of honor. And, and you can just relax. Maybe you feel like it's intense. We start up singing some kind of karaoke. And it's hard to follow along. It's hard for me too. I'm here every Sunday and it's hard for me. But I'm trying my best. And there is a lot of, a lot of energy. Uh, but I believe that you're here for a reason. And that God is going to speak something to you today. That is what I've been praying for. And... Um, Yesterday, uh, yesterday, I was not preaching. I was on, on a bachelor party. Uh, it was fun as well. We were with a friend. I don't know if he's here today. I haven't seen him. He's not here. He's here. <laughs> uh, it was so fun because we took him to record a song, a love song to his wife-to-be. And she's not here. He, I don't know if it's a secret. So I hope they don't listen to the podcast. But anyhow, <laughs> they were recording a love song. And I was so encouraged because he was singing worse than I would have done. So I felt so encouraged. Uh, but it was fun because he was now singing about his love for her. And there is something about when someone starts to express the love for someone that they normally just do between them too. But now we're all guys sitting there listening. And, and we all feel like, wow, this is, this is intense love. Love can be very intense. I think that, that we all know what, 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 what I'm speaking about. Love is intimate. And love is always looking for a way to express itself. Sometimes you should express the love when no one else is around. Behind locked door. You know, like, it should be there. But when we read the Gospels, we can see how God is constantly expressing His love to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and love is something that is, in one way, it's... it's abstract in the sense that I cannot take love and hold in my hand like I, I can tell you here is an iPhone I cannot take love and hold it here and say like here is love <laughs> it doesn't work like that but still if someone really loves someone else you're going to notice after a while because love is always looking for a way to express itself and that love, you can say that ah, love is just a feeling. No, love is more than a feeling. It is a very powerful force that is looking for a way to express itself, right? And you can tell if someone have it or if they don't. Same thing is true with peace. If someone has peace, you can often tell. 
They cannot take peace in their hand or pull it up over the pocket. But you can tell if they are peace or if they are lacking peace. It's an abstract element. Another abstract element is faith. And when we read the Bible, we can see that faith is important when it comes to meet with God. And some people might think that faith is is just a feeling. Faith is just something that is made up. But faith is more than a feeling. Faith is changing the world. How was an airplane invented? Someone had an idea and they were convinced that we can fly through the air. No one have ever done it before, but someone made up their mind. They had faith that it's possible, and they didn't give up before they could do it. How could someone come to the moon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either, but someone was deciding, I'm going to figure it out. It is possible. They had faith that it should work, and eventually it was going to work. Faith is something, you, it's almost like you can touch it, but you cannot really touch it. Are you with me? It's a bit abstract, but it's very real. And you can often tell if someone have it or if they don't have it. Faith is like a title deed, the Bible says, or like a deposit. If a few years back I was buying a car up in Norrland. I was finding this good car. I was calling up and it was a Swedish man that knows everything about the car. And you could tell he's not lying. You know, like if there's anything wrong with the car, he's telling me. So I decided to buy it and I was swishing him a few thousand because I wanted to show him I'm going to come and buy the car. So I was paying a deposit. Faith is a deposit guaranteeing you that something more is to come. Are you with me? Faith is more than a feeling. It is, it is as if you see something but you cannot really see it. You know what's going to happen but you cannot really know. Can you follow me? And the Bible says this about faith in Galatians 3 and 11, that the righteous will live by faith. So we should live by faith. In Hebrew 11, it's written that without faith, it is impossible to please God. In Romans 14, it's written that anything that is not done by faith is sin. So faith is kind of a big deal as a believer. And maybe you're sitting here and you say, I'm, I, I don't even know if I'm a believer. I, was, I just followed a friend here. I don't know if I believe in God or not. No. But maybe before this day ends, you come home and you say that I have faith. You didn't have faith before, but now you have it. Before you couldn't believe that there was a God, but now you cannot deny that there is a God. Because faith is something. It is like a substance. It's like a contract. It is like you see something, but you don't really see it. And today we will see when Jesus is exercising faith. And then he's teaching his disciples about faith. And then in the end of this message, we're going to pray for you that... Need, need a miracle. We heard a couple of miracle stories. And I believe that God is the same in Africa as he is in Stockholm, Sweden. And that he can do the same thing. So maybe you came here in a hopeless situation. I believe that God can turn things around and do a miracle for you. That is my prayer coming into this service. But everything starts with something that looks like Jesus had a really bad day. You know, like, it seems like the story we will jump into from Mark's gospel, chapter 11, 
uh, will be a story when it feels like Jesus, he really woke up on the wrong side. He didn't get his morning coffee. Everything is upside down. He's, if, if, if he had his hat like bad hair, he would put it on. You know, it's, it's that kind of day. And he's going out with his disciples. It's written like this. The next day when they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Or as we say, hangry. That's a combination of angry and hungry, right? Um, seeing in a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, and now it gets crazy because he's speaking to the tree. Uh, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Can you see it? And they're like, Jesus, what's going on? You're like the son of God and you love people, but you hate trees. Or what's, what's happening, Jesus? Can you imagine? He's cursing the fig tree. It is as if, if you're coming in, going to work in the morning. Here's Walter. He's coming to work in the morning and he needs a coffee. So he's walking by his espresso house. And he's coming up, it's early in the morning, and he's, he's walking over to the espresso house, and he read open at 7. And he's looking at his watch, and he's like, it's 6 o'clock. So it's an hour to go, but Walt is upset, so he's backing off. And he says, I curse you, espresso house. May no one ever drink coffee at your place again. May no one buy a cinema roll at this place again. And he's going off to work. That is kind of what Jesus is doing. And you're like, is that Jesus? <laughs> ah, I don't know. I haven't heard this about Jesus before. No, it is Jesus. And I think the disciples feel the same. They're like, wow, this is, this is something new. But it cannot get worse than this. Like, now we come to the temple and we know Jesus, he loves the temple. Everything will be all right at the temple. And then you keep on reading. On reaching Jerusalem, he entered the temple courts and began to, no, not pray began to drive out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Can you see Jesus again? You thought it wouldn't get worse, but it gets worse. He's walking into the temple and he's overturning the tables. He's driving out people. He's yelling at people. And the disciples are like, I don't, I mean those morning figs, he should really have got those morning figs. We need to make sure they get almost afraid of Jesus because they see something they haven't seen before. And you think that Jesus is impulsive and just acting out. But if we would have read the whole context, we could see that the night before, Jesus was actually in the temple looking at all of those things. So when Jesus is coming this morning, he's not just acting out in anger. And he's not justifying you overturning the tables at your working place or in your home. You're like, Jesus did it. Why, why can't I do it? It doesn't justify it. Jesus had been there inspecting it. And he was so upset with what was going on. Because people were, were making money on people that were seeking God. It was corrupt. It was a religious corrupt system. And Jesus was doing this, you know, very conscious of what he was doing. And then it's written that, and he taught them and said, is it not written? 
My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. So Jesus wanted a temple to be a place where people could get to know God. That is what his heart was burning for. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard him, uh, heard this, began to uh, looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. So can you see the religious leaders, they are afraid of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is walking in another authority. He's speaking the truth, but he is also loving people. And that is the thing with Jesus. I heard someone say this. Truth without love is mean. Love without truth is meaningless. If you just say everything is well, I love you, you don't need to correct or change anything, it is meaningless because sometimes the truth is needed to correct some behaviors or change some things around. If Jesus was just going this and say, guys, I don't really like you buying and selling and fooling people. No, he needed to speak the truth and be tough. But he also loved the people. When we have the combination, it is very powerful. And people can have their lives being changed. Jesus was full of truth and love. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. And in the morning as they walked along, they saw a fig tree withered from its root, the roots. And Peter remembered it and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look. The fig tree that you cursed withered. Peter is amazed. Jesus, what you say works. <laughs> you cursed the fig. Can you imagine? Now it was some friends of Walter that was with him outside of espresso house. And they heard him curse it. And the morning after they are like, whoa, why has Burger King open here? Or why has this building been falling down? Because Walter cursed it. You know, like that is kind of the story. They're like, it withered. It dried up. And you might wonder, what is the deep meaning of this story? I don't know. So let's not go. It's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. But one, one explanation that I found is that on a fig tree, the figs comes before the leaves. So it starts with small figs coming. Then the leaves are coming. So if there is a lot of leaves, it's a sign that it should be a lot of figs. It should be a lot of fruit. Okay, why Jesus was looking for it when it was not the season for figs was probably because it was a lot of leaves promising that it would be a lot of fruit. Uh, and, and maybe that's why Jesus was so upset. And that would make it very similar to what he did in the, in the temple. Because he was very annoyed with religion. People saying that you will meet with God, but you didn't meet with God. People promising everything is well, but it's not well. He was upset when you are pretending, having, you know, a good face on the outside, but nothing happened on the inside. Religion is empty, but the relationship with God is very rich and it's very real. So I think actually the two stories is, 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 is very similar. It's just one and the same point. But now after this, Jesus, he's now sitting down and he starts to tea. Maybe not sit down. He's maybe standing up. But anyhow... He started to teach his disciples about faith and what he has just done. Are you with me? So I'm going to teach these two verses and we will read it a couple of times and we'll pull out two points for you and then we're going to pray together. It's written like this in Mark 11 and 22. So Jesus said to them, 
have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever, that kind of includes you, right? It, it's, Jesus is speaking about you, not just the disciples, he speaks about you. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever. It's kind of a, a lot of different things. It, it, so it's not just applicable on fig trees. Because you are like, okay, so if I see a fig tree and I'm upset, I can curse. No, it, this is for whatever and it is for whoever. So you can take a principle that Jesus is teaching right now and you can use it for whatever. Whatever he says, okay. And maybe you start to look on yourself. In, in my beginning when I was walking with God, I, I was always looking a bit to God and a bit to myself. And I had a hard time believing that God could do a miracle through me because I was looking at me. I didn't believe much in me. But I realized that I need to have faith in God. Believe that God can do it even in my life. Or even through me at times. But I needed to lift my eyes. Not put my faith in me. But put it in God. I have two points for you. And the point number one is this. Believe with your heart. Believe with your heart. Jesus has said. Yeah, take the next slide. We're back in the same verse. Jesus said, have faith in God. And then he said that. And does not doubt in his heart but believes. So, so you need to have faith in your heart. And here is the secret. You can have doubts in your mind, but faith in your heart. It's a very simple secret, a simple truth, but it's also deep. You can have faith in your heart, but doubt in your mind. Many people ask you, so what do you think? You should not always follow what you think. Sometimes you should follow something deeper. A deeper conviction that comes from your spirit or from your heart. Are you with me? And when, when I'm preaching the word of God to you today, you will get faith. And you might pray for things. And you're like, God is going to heal me. Or God is going to give me work. Or God is going to do this. Because you feel a lot of faith after a message like this. And then you're waking up Monday morning. And you feel like... God, where are you? You feel like God has left you. You feel like, and, and actually you just need your morning coffee and you, maybe you need to read the Bible or pray. But right there and then, you feel like, God, do you even exist? <laughs> and, 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 and yesterday you felt like, God, I can cast mountains into sea if you want to do that. Or curse fig trees or curse whatever tree you see. Or espresso. You, you know, like you have faith for everything. And then the morning after you feel like I had all the faith for anything. It's your feelings. And your head starts to spin and you're like, God, are you even real? But there is something that is deeper than your thoughts. It is what the Bible says, your spirit or your heart or the hidden man of the heart as the Bible is speaking about. So you should not always just follow what you think or what you feel in the moment. What do you have deep on your inside? The same thing is true with love. You know, love is a decision. You can have, get feelings for someone, you know, that you shouldn't have feelings for. But love says no to those feelings and says, I'm staying with one I committed to. Because it's deeper. 
is stronger. All right. And, and that means that you can have doubt in your mind, but you have faith in your heart and you can still see God do a miracle. Because in your mind you go like, God, I, I don't know how this should happen. I can't figure it out. But deep in here I have faith. And it's been happening for me many times. Last year, in the beginning of the year when I was praying, I felt like God was telling me that I should bring the family on a mission trip to Kenya. And I was looking on the bank account and it told me, you shouldn't bring your family to a mission trip to Kenya. Like, you shouldn't do it. Really not. My wife was home with, with the kids. And, you know, like, there was no way it's possible. But when I kept on praying, I just know in here I need to do it. And I waited for a few months because I didn't have the finances, but I just know I need to sign up. And when I signed up, it took one week and someone called me and said, I heard that you're going on a mission trip. Is that right? Do you want 25000 to that mission trip? Do you have use for it? I was like, if I have use for it, <laughs> I need it and more. But more came from other, other, you know, but walking in faith. When we've been in this place for soon a year, and our old place, we know that we had nine months to leave and we were looking for a place all over Stockholm for five months. We didn't find anything and we know that in a few months we need a new place. And in my mind I could get stressed, but when I was praying I was calm. I was at peace in my heart. I had faith in here. Faith is deeper. It is stronger. The faith that Jesus is speaking about, don't have doubts in your heart. But you can have, sometimes have doubts in your mind. Are you able to follow that? Number two is this, speak faith. Don't always speak what you feel. <laughs> Some of you, you are always speak, you have a lot of emotions. But if you always speak and say what you feel, or let me just say what I think. I have the right to say what I think. Maybe you shouldn't use that right all the time. Because it will, you will end up in a lot of trouble. Sometimes you should just be quiet. The most spiritual thing you should do sometimes is just being quiet and then you pray for 10 minutes and then you speak and you speak very different. Uh, so don't always speak out just what you feel or what you think. Speak in line with your faith. So if you have faith for something, speak in line with that. What is it written? If, if we go back to the same text again and read it one more time. Jesus said, for assuredly I say to you, Whoever says, you don't pray for the mountain, you speak to the mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Can you see three times it's repeated? You need to start to speak out something differently. I hear people saying, I think I will never get married. If you don't want to be, continue to speak like that. I think, think I will never be healed. Change the way you speak. I think I will never ever get the job. I've been applying for so many and I no one wants to hire me. Change the way you speak. You need to speak out something different over your life. Oh, I think my kids will always be a mess. Speak something else. Don't speak out what you feel or what you think. Speak out in line with the word of God and with the truth that you have on your inside. And, and I, I think you should start to think about what you're saying. Listen to yourself at times. 
And, and if you're always complaining, maybe you, maybe you need to change something in your life. And if you have a mouth problem, you often have a heart problem. Because you will speak, according to Luke's Gospel chapter 6 and verse 45, it's written that for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if, you're all, if you have a mouth problem, if you're always speaking the wrong things, maybe you need to change what you have in your heart. And how can you change what you have in your heart? You need to put these right things into yourself. I'm trying to teach my kids this. <laughs> I was opening the refrigerator the other, other week and I said, do you know what I have in the refrigerator? The things I was putting in. If I want moldy things to eat, I should put moldy things. You know, like what I put in is what I will take out. And I'm teaching my kids, we don't allow you to see whatever you want to see. Because we don't want you to fill, fill yourself with all of that crap. If you fill yourself with things that stinks, you will stink eventually. But if you fill yourself with good things, good things is coming out. Maybe you need to put in something different. And then, you know, keep your emotions and speak in line with what you have on your inside. Does that make sense? I have a balloon here. And I want to illustrate something. I feel like, oh, I got some more sound. When, when you're praying in faith, it is like you're filling up a balloon. You're like, and you're kind of send, sending it away to, to, to God in a sense. Okay, very metaphorically here. And, and, and if you speak in line with what you've been praying, it is like you, you, you try to have the, the balloon coming up. It's like your, this is your, your prayer. All of you get that, right? You're sending it up to God. I feel when me and my wife, we were standing in faith for something and we were praying in faith. And when we've been praying in faith, we start to thank God for it. We used to start to say, thank you, God, that this is coming our way. Thank you, God, that this miracle is going to take place. Thank you, God. But we waited so long that we got discouraged. And I, I clearly remember, and Eli remembers too, that after a while we, we were like, it feels like it will never happen. And when we started to speak like that, it was like we took, a, we took a needle to our prayer. We felt like there is no power in the prayer that we were praying because we have now been speaking against it. Are you able to follow me? And we needed to pray again. And when we had been praying again, we made up our mind and we said that now we'll just praise God that this miracle is on the way. We will not speak against it. If we feel like it's taking too long, we will not speak against the prayer we've been praying. But we'll speak in line with a prayer. We will speak faith. You might need to change the way you're speaking. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to receive anything from God. Faith is something. I don't try to pump up some faith and share you on or tap you on the back and say everything is good. No, I want to preach the Word of God to you today. Because I know that the Word of God lands inside of your heart and your spirit. And it can give you hope for real. And it can change your life for real. But it starts with the Word coming into your heart.
The word is like a seed and if it's planted inside of you, it will start to grow. And it will become something huge inside of your life. But it starts with a small seed. In Romans 10 and 17 it's written that consequently faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard about the word about Christ so when I'm preaching about Jesus Christ today what he did what he said what he was teaching all of a sudden you get faith on your inside something is reacting inside of you some of you you came to this place you felt hopeless you felt desperate when I'm speaking to you faith is arising on your inside all of a sudden you start to imagine something different you start to see another future you start to see another possibility and that is how faith starts faith is about seeing something you don't see today it is about dreaming about something that you cannot have in front of you today it is an abstract element but it is real it is as real as love is that's how real faith is and if you have faith on your on your inside it is the beginning to the miracle you need to take that faith you need to start to speak it out and prophesy something over your own life and the miracle is on the way amen thank you for listening to this message be sure to subscribe to our channel on spotify or apple podcasts curious to know more about our church check out our website, soschurch.se. Have a great day.